Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, and I am streaming live from downtown Idaho, Falls, Idaho. I am loving Idaho, freedom in Idaho. As you know, I like freedom. I uh, talk about uh, health choices and health freedom all the time. And that's a topic for a whole nother podcast. But I think Alan is on the same page with me there. So speaking of Alan, Alan Huber is with us today. And we are going to be discussing, in fact, it's going to be our, our first debate, um, my first debate on a podcast. Uh, Alan and I kind of got into a debate on a Facebook forum. And I believe Alan sells healthcare insurance. And he's going to tell us how good healthcare insurance is. And I hate, that's a strong word, but I totally dislike health insurance. I think it's complete ripoff. And I think we have other options. Well, we do have other options and we're going to talk about that. So I reminded Alan to please do not take anything personally I say about health insurance today. And it's not personal towards him. So, and he reminded me that he's not going to. So um, Alan, without further ado, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me, Sean. I'm really excited about this. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, if you remember the conversation that we were having, tell us a little bit about that conversation that we were having on Facebook and how, and how this whole thing started. The issue that I have is that the people traditionally on the DPC board are totally against health insurance. And I understand why I ran a medical facility where I sued insurance companies day in and day out to get paid. In fact, I had the highest collection rate of any medical facility in the country. So I've been on all sides of it, just like you have. What I've been saying is you can either use health insurance companies or let them use you. Most people let the health insurance companies use them. And where we disagree, Sean, is I think that you and a lot of the other DPC providers don't understand how to use health insurance companies. And that's what I'm trying to educate as opposed to debate. Well, then I guess you can understand being in that on the other side of it as a healthcare professional, why most healthcare professionals dislike insurance companies. So 1000%. Yeah. Like you say, um, you, you ran a medical practice and that's all you did was sue insurance companies. And that's not my idea of healthcare or any funds. So I agree um, with you with a million percent. We, yeah. we don't disagree on the core where we disagree uh, is possibly the solution. So let's get into our debate. So yes, we agree that health insurance companies have a lot of problems. They're not perfect. They do a lot of bad things. The system is a joke, non-transparency, all these things. We're in agreement. I got a call yesterday. My doctor thinks I have bone cancer. I need insurance. What do I do? Where would you put her, Sean? Well, I mean, that's pretty tough. I don't sell insurance. And I mean, off the off the first guess, I'm going to think that no insurance company is going to take her because she has a pre-existing condition. So I guess that's why we're having this discussion today. So in that particular situation, I'm using uh, the traditional insurance companies, the book companies, through the what we call the Obamacare exchange. And believe me, I was anti-Obamacare as anybody, um, but no one else will take her. So I put her on the exchange and then I said, okay, so you're gonna need a bone marrow transplant. And we went, came a little forward to where it's now confirmed. 
So let's estimate your income for next year. And obviously her income is going to go down because she's going to be very sick. So for the most part, we're able to get her a platinum plan for $400 with a $1,500 deductible and a $4,000 out of pocket. You've already conceded you don't have a solution to her problem. And that's what we're talking about here. Using the insurance companies in those limited situations where they're a benefit and avoiding them when they're a detriment. Does, does that make sense? Okay, yeah. And I'm glad we're having this discussion. And unfortunately, I still think it's sad that we have to use a government system and, and put somebody into Obamacare um, because healthcare has gotten so expensive. Now, that's a topic for a whole nother And, and, and we're totally in agreement. Right. And I got to tell you, I don't know if I would do that. I don't know if I would ever, as a patient, ever go through the exchanges because I do not want to be co controlled by the government, period. So, um, Her alternative yeah. is to die. Well, possibly, yeah. The claim um, is $500,000. She's already right. told me. Okay, she's right. got it approved by Blue Cross in this case, five hundred thousand dollars. Well, and and why why is this treatment five hundred thousand dollars? Honestly, well, Alex, I don't believe Blue Cross is going to pay five hundred thousand dollars. I know right. that they're going to get a much lower amount, and we're in agreement that that's the problem with the system. When Donald Trump won the election in twenty sixteen, I went back into direct insurance, health insurance, because I knew there was going to be a robust market under Trump. On election day, twenty twenty, election night, I said to my wife, "Okay, everything's changed." And and the company I used called it was Freedom from Obamacare, because I took people off Obamacare and avoided Obamacare to give them alternatives, and I looked for every alternative that there was. But in 2016, on election night, I said to my wife, freedom from Obamacare is dead. The Democrats with controlling three houses are going to put so much money into the Obamacare exchange, it's going to change the equation, which it did. The March COVID bill that was passed, okay, that was $1.9 trillion, put a ton of money and changed the subsidies. So where if someone was high income in March of 2016, they had the cliff. In other words, income above a certain amount, the subsidy would disappear and they would owe the IRS a lot of money. But that changed. So now we could have a family of three hundred thousand dollar income and still receiving a five hundred dollar subsidy a month. Now, I agree. $500,000 could be the premium that's ridiculously high. But that's a system we're playing in. And, and I right. could sit there and pontificate, but I have to live in the real world. Right. I totally understand what you're saying. So the situation here, it's actually one of my best friends, known for 30 years. Um, for a premium that was about equal to a health share, uh, which is about 60% of an Obamacare plan, non-subsidized, he spent 18 days in the hospital with COVID, okay? The bill was $195,000, which is a joke. Complete but I gave him a right. plan. 
okay, that the first thing is it guaranteed the repricing at the lowest possible price there was. In this case, roughly 1.5% Medicare allowable, which brought the bill down to $33,000. So $195 down to $33. Are we together on that, Sean? Yeah. That's okay, right. so number one, that was one insurance company, not, not an Obamacare plan. That's a private insurance, okay, guaranteed the lowest repricing. Had Blue Cross or somebody else repriced it, it might have been 55000 Uh Had the MediShare type things, it might have been 70000 But I guarantee, not I, the company guaranteed the lowest repricing. So we're down to 33000 Okay. Any questions yet, Sean? No, but I do have a comment. Um, I mean, the reality of it is, and I, and I know that we've already hit on this a little bit, but the reality of it is, is the bill should have been thirty-three thousand in the first place. But Blue Cross would have been fifty-five thousand. Right. Okay. I, in other words, I found a company that guaranteed in writing the lowest possible reprice. This is an area where people don't even look at it. They don't think in that term. Okay, and the difference goes in your pocket. So in this case, we had a, again, not Obamacare, okay, a high deductible, $10,000 deductible, 70-30, so that the max is the out-of-pocket, okay? That, that, so besides the price, this plan paid $18,000. So the insured owed $15,000, still kind of high. Now, Remember, well, actually, to discuss this, what, what I did in this particular situation is what's called repricing and stacking. Bring two policies together, neither one have a coordination of benefits clause, and one of them has the guaranteed repricing, and the other is an indemnity plan that we stack on top of it. So indemnity plans pay set amounts. It doesn't deal in billing. So in this particular case, the plan was roughly $3,000 a day. So the plan paid $46,000. Okay. Any questions so far, Sean? No. Okay. Next slide. Hold on. And then let me check. Okay. So if you remember, we owed $15,000. The insurance company sent a, a check $46,000, that put $31,000 in the client's pocket for the same price that you would have had him in a health care plan. Tell me what's wrong with that. Yeah, I, 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 I just don't trust insurance companies. That's what well, I hold on. It's guaranteed. There's a standard in every health share contract. Okay, this is particularly for MediShare, but everyone says the same, okay? The payment of your medical bills is not guaranteed in any way, okay? Compared to the indemnity plan where the, it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed. So an, an indemnity plan is not, it's not Premier Blue Cross, it's not? No. Okay. Is there any service that they won't pay for? There's how a lot of services they don't pay for. Okay. How do you know they're not going to need preauthorization? I know they're not going to reject it. I know oh, not well, going to the answer is very simple. Later. A, they do not have the legal right to request 
pre-authorization and they can't reject it because there's no contract between the insurance company and the provider. Okay, so- And it's unlimited access. Right, so- No network. Um, how do you have to, as a consumer, how do you have to, what do you have to prove to an indemnity, to, to an insurance company that has an indemnity policy what do you have to prove to get reimbursed for um, for health services? You show them the bill for what the service was, whether it was t 10 days in the hospital or that you had a medical exam or sigils, whatever the, the code is for what you had. But the bill doesn't come into play. So Sean, you're telling I know you're thinking because this is stuff no. you've never heard of before. I have heard a little bit about it. I just, I still, so here's, here's one of the things too. I, I will tell you. So um, one of the issues is, is I like to educate one of the goals of my podcast. And I appreciate you being on today to educate us is to educate and empower consumers to take charge of their own health. One of the things I already don't like about this plan is that this gives consumers no, um, no responsibility, no accountability to care about pricing at all. Oh, oh you're I've wrong. Got It'll cover it. It's totally wrong. Totally wrong, Sean. You got it wrong. So, okay. because I will tell you this, with the with with health shares, you're right. It is not a law. It is not health insurance. I, I don't care about government laws. I don't trust health insurance companies. It's not. That's a, it's not a contract. Okay. There's no contract right. that says we have to pay. But there are many different instances. You talked about how that one insurance company got a big uh, discount. Well, I will tell you, there's lots of stories. Um, I've shared them on this podcast. Um, a patient goes in in Arizona, has a heart attack, hospital bills $350,000. He has Christian um, healthcare, and they write off like $300,000 off the bill. So his owing is $50,000. And of course, Christian health share, um, healthcare writes a check for fifty grand. So the patient owes nothing out of pocket. Great. So the patient is the one that actually did the negotiation with the with the hospital to say, hey, I'm private pay. I want you to to um, give me the best discount. I like consumers being in charge of their own health, not a health insurance company negotiating for them and or have an indemnity backup plan where they don't really necessarily care what the price is because they have insurance. Saying you're forgetting the most important part. Remember I just saw in this case, the guy, the client got $31,000 in his pocket, okay? Now, in this particular case, being a COVID claim, you don't shop it. You, you think you can't breathe, okay? Right. You go into the hospital, so you go to the nearest place and there's no shopping. Now, let's talk about shopping, okay? Um, let's take a colonoscopy. And a colonoscopy can be had, as you know, anywhere from $1,500 to $10,000 down in South Florida, where I am, and, and most of the country, right? Were we agreeing those those numbers? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty close. Okay. So here's what the insurance company says. We're going to give you $5,000. And it's right there in the schedule, okay? We're giving you $5,000. You can go to the $1,500 place and put... $3,500 in your pocket, or you can go to the $10,000 place and take $5,000 out of your pocket. Which do you think makes you a better consumer? Um, that's true, but you're not really, 
you're not really being a better consumer. You are being controlled by the insurance company about how much you're allowed. You know, whereas if you were a true consumer and you were paying for it up front and maybe having to get well, you're paying for it up front. But listen, I, I do pay for my, my wife's colonoscopies up front. That's a great yeah, perfect yeah. example. And when we had health insurance, it was covered all right. Under Obamacare, it was covered all right. Five thousand dollar bill, we owed three thousand dollars. It was covered. Round two, when we had a uh, health sharing ministry, um, we shopped around. We paid eleven hundred dollars out of pocket cash. We walked out. Right, but so, in this case, Sean, if you did your shopping and got it for fifteen hundred dollars, you put thirty five hundred dollars in your pocket. Okay, they pay to make you a partner. Okay. they pay to make you a right. good consumer. How are you arguing with it? No, I well, first of all. I know insurance companies are in the business of making money. So now you go ahead and tell me what are the monthly premiums for that policy? Oh, that one, about one half of a health share. I didn't ask that. What's, what's, what's the number? I, I can't give you a, a premium off the top. Okay. Well, I will tell you, my wife and I pay $150 a month for our health share for both of us. Okay. I don't think there's any insurance company that, that, that is going to be that inexpensive. And here's the thing. Um, if they're giving you money back, Alan, they're not, they're in the business of making money. And I'm a capitalist. I've got no problem. Money. I've got no problem making money uh, or people making money, but insurance companies, they do it, especially health insurance companies. They do it in the skies of, of, of charity and, and helping people. And they're not. So not when they say plan. that they're giving That's... money back to people because you choose the less expensive colonoscopy, I just, I smell a rat. And it's we probably can smell whatever more, you want, Sean. The fact is, indemnity plans have been around since the beginning of time. It's probably just more expensive premiums, is what it is. Is my guess. No, but again, I could after after the show. If you want to give me uh, specifics, you know, I'm happy to match them. Well, yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to do it online. I'm not, not going to do it online. And, and what state are you in? And, and all yeah, that. Yeah, I I totally I totally get that. I, I'm just not. I'm not. I will. I've said this many times and I will say it again. I believe that health insurance is a ripoff. It's a scam. Um, healthcare providers are usually in, you know, and, and, and sorry if anybody takes this personally, but I don't take it personally. I don't no, own stock in the insurance company. I know I'm talking about healthcare providers, but if they take health insurance, they are in collusion with health insurance companies to create a cartel to rip off patients. Well, let's, let me throw another one at you. Let's talk about yeah. DPC and this and, and, and the indemnity plans, okay? Let's take it one step further. What if I told you that the indemnity plans actually subsidize the DPC membership? What if you told me that? Here's what I would tell you. Here's what I would tell you. I'm not a fan of that. That sounds great, but here's the thing. Tell me the downside. Here's a downside. So when consumers get stuff for free, Alan, they have got no responsibility. They're, they're, they're paying for it. They don't get it for free. Stop. Stop. Let me finish. Go ahead. When consumers get something for free, they have no skin in the game. They have no reason to stay healthy. Let's put it this way. Um, let's think about when, when, Healthcare is free for people. When healthcare is free for people, even though it's not free, when it is costing them nothing, they are the most non-compliant patients. They don't they don't 
treat their bodies well. Why? Because it costs them nothing. So I don't believe in anybody paying for a DPC membership for their for somebody else. Um, because it would be like them, it would be like somebody buying a gym membership for somebody else. I am going to pay for you to go to pay for a gym membership. And it's like, because I want you to get healthy. It's like, well, if they really want to get healthy, they'll pay the 40 bucks a month to be in a gym membership. If not, they don't really care to be healthy. That's my opinion about the whole thing. Have you heard of silver sneakers? Not really. Educate me. Silver sneakers. I don't know exactly all the inner workings, but with the Medicare Advantage plans, many of them include silver sneakers, which is a gym membership nationwide. I've heard about I know it. LA yeah. Fitness. So at no additional cost, it is included. And my wife, who goes to Zumba five times a week, will tell you that so many seniors have told her in her Zumba classes, if it weren't for silver sneakers, they would never have joined the gym. And they're going to the gym consistently because of that program. Um, cardiovascular disease in America, mostly caused by obesity, is at an all-time highest rate. Correct. It's been going up and up for, for many years. Type 2 diabetes. Um, start naming the diseases that are caused by lifestyle-related diseases. Our health insurance company, our health insurance system, our health system that we've created is a sick care system. And people right. want health care for free. So they've got no reason to try to be healthy. They don't care that they're on a diabetes medications. They don't care that they're on diabetes medications. It's going to cost them a thousand bucks a month because it's free for them. When they could just change their diet and exercise, they don't care because the medication. hundred percent right on that. So we're it's in agreement. Like, I, I still uh, like on the free gym membership, there might be a, a select few of those people that get a benefit out of that. But in general, Alan, people are going to get a benefit out of a free membership. When's the last time? we've ever gotten something for free that really, really has value to us other sure. than a sentimental item. Okay. It's not for free. The federal government, okay, is paying, and, and we're going totally off, because we're not talking about Medicare. The federal government is paying the insurance companies roughly $1,000 a month for every senior to take care of them. And they don't do a very good job. Okay, we're in agreement there. Uh, the But the thing is, the insurance companies then do these add-ons for the customer, okay, that, they, that they're getting, but they paid for it anyway. They paid it between the Medicare premium and the Medicare Part B. So what you say, like when I talked about indemnity and DPC, and you say it's free, it's not free. They're paying a premium. It's just like they pay a premium for a health share. Health shares aren't free. You pay for it. Now, what you're referring to when you talk about free is the subsidized Obamacare premiums or Medicaid. And that's why I want to come on your show, Sean, to segment out the different areas, okay? I'm in agreement with you, okay, that the Obamacare subsidies, okay, is what's causing the, the glut. And the Buka companies, okay, paid millions and millions to lobby right. to get into the law. Okay, because they gain roughly a trillion dollars. And I think the advantage companies are almost in a trillion dollars. Okay, so, but that's a fact of life. And we can argue, but the fact of the matter is the Buka companies, okay, 
are, are getting the money out of Obamacare. The question is, since they gain the money, is there anything we can do to benefit from it? Not should it be. I don't deal in the what if world. I deal in the what is world. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it does. And let's let me just back up on one thing is so you said the federal government pays. Let's just remember um, the federal government doesn't have any money. They take pack. They, they steal taxpayer money. Okay. To give it to they see fit. I think that the premiums are going to be more expensive than what it, it would be in if you're doing health shares like what, what I recommend, um, because all the things you're talking about still um if you are in a health chair and you get to control your individual decisions of health care um it's going to be way less expensive than um a traditional insurance plan i okay, don't it. use the word traditional that that's meaningless okay. i would talk right. about obamacare indemnity alternative yeah. short-term major med, what okay. we talked about so so here's here's another thing and this is very important so anybody that is listening please take heed to this one we're talking about health insurance. We're talking about health shares. We're talking about ways for paying for health care. But let's remember, it's in my book, Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. I wrote a book just about this subject. And one of the reasons healthcare is so expensive is because we have insurance companies involved and mostly from the federal government. It all stems back from Medicare when Medicare was passed in, in the 1960s and the government started paying for health care. It even go my book goes back further and 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 it was when the government started um price controls with wages back in the 1940s during world war ii and um employers had to find a different way to attract employees so they started paying for health insurance well now we got this mess where um you know employees are just expected to not pay for anything with their health care now they're finding out that that's not completely true because they have to pay a lot out of pocket, even though it used to be 100% covered. So, but remember, let's just remember this. This is the one thing you need to take away from this, in my opinion. The best health insurance we have is not some policy that we can buy. It's how we take care of ourselves. It's how we eat. It's how we exercise. It's how we sleep. That is the starting of my chapter in my quote from chapter six in my book, which has a six-step solution of how to fix healthcare. And one of the first things is, is to educate and compel and empower consumers to take charge of their own health. And you don't need an insurance company to do that. In fact, an insurance company takes away from your health. They control your, they control your health themselves, or they, they want to try to, I want to be empowered and empower people to take charge of their own health. That's the best health insurance they have. So. We're, we're, we're totally in agreement. But where we disagree a little bit, okay, and, and I'll give you an, another example of where insurance gets used. Uh, Ex-girlfriend, very healthy, did everything right. She gets diagnosed and gets a six months diagnosis of cancer. She looks around, looks all over the world and finds a program that she thought was gonna work for her, it was in Jamaica. And it did work for her because 40 years later, she's still going strong. But her words to me were, if I did not have the money, I would have to go where my insurance company sent me and I was guaranteed dead in six months. Only because I had the money 
was I able to pick the program that I thought would work for me? And it did. So while you might take control of your health care, okay, I help people get cancer plans for very little money because should they get a cancer diagnosis, I want them to be able to look anywhere in the world. And if it costs twenty dollars or $30,000, they go wherever they want. They don't have to ask permission. They don't have to get an insurance company. They've gotten a check and they can go and try to save their own life. What's your objection to that? Well, so here's one of my objections to that is that, first of all, I, I kind of already alluded to it, is that, um, you know, cancer treatments should not be expensive. And they are. And one of the reasons they are, Alan, is because of health insurance and government programs. And and, and those hospitals and, and healthcare entities will take advantage of those programs because they know somebody else isn't paying the bill. Now, here's another thing. So first of all, most cancer is preventable. Um, I had a podcast about that. Uh, last year, maybe it was this year, and it talks about how you know most cancers are are created from environmental stuff. Now I get it; none of us want to diagnose with cancer. We don't care if it's preventable or not once we get it, and and we have to deal with treatment options. But first of all, the best health insurance we have is um, you know how we take care of ourselves. So colon cancer is a big cancer that's preventable. Um, yes. Lung cancer, big can big cancer that's preventable. Um, breast cancer. Yeah, probably most cancers are environmental. And I, and I know, you know, we deal with a lot of hormones in, in, at, at Mosley professional pharmacy, and we know, um, how important hormones are when it comes to breast cancer and how, what a personal issue that is. But there is, there's probably no cancer that's not linked to environmental, um, um, issues that can be changed with diet, lifestyle, and exercise. You know, I will tell you, and I don't want to speak on behalf of them, and all of them are a little bit different. And I suggest people check out Christian Healthcare. They are a, um, they've been around for 30 years, and I think it's chmministries.com or .org, but look them up. Um, they have a program where they have what's called, and I don't, I don't know all the details of it. You'll have to figure it out, but you guys will have to check that out if you have more questions. But um, they, I get a monthly newsletter, and there are people with pre-existing conditions like cancer or something like that, and they go with these plans, and through through different requests and different side, it's called brothers keepers of this program. Those issues get covered. Um, I will tell you in health shares, there's people that have a heart attack. $300,000 heart attack, it gets covered. $300,000 in cancer treatments, it gets covered. It's amazing. It's how health insurance, in my opinion, was meant to work. It's other people, like like-minded people, sharing with other people um, um, expenses that um, you know come that are unforeseen. I think it works like real health insurance should work, not like the bukas and you know, work. And I know that you're selling something different, but anytime it has, anytime it has health insurance behind the name, Alan, I'm just really skeptical. I, I get that. Being a patient. But and I look at it a little different. Yeah. And, and, and health insurance. Okay. To me, I worry about a plan that you can't come, you can't sue on. Okay. They have a contractual right not to pay. And, and I get the other side of the story. I get the story from people that 
don't get paid. I had one, she's actually a DPC physician and she continued to have to pay a health share for one year because if she doesn't pay, they don't pay the past claim. That's illegal in health insurance, but it is legal in health share because there's no laws under health share. But I understand the benefit of no law. Um, let's talk about a majority. Where is a majority of our medical system, our sick care system, is not spent treating cancer. It's, tr it's spent treating diabetes, high cholesterol, hypertension, sleep apnea, um, all these all these diseases that are lifestyle created. I could go on reflux, sleep apnea, um, total knees. I interviewed Sean Baker, an orthopedic surgeon, uh, a, a couple years ago. Seventy percent of orthopedic surgeries can be prevented. Sean, try a hundred. My wife right. is a retired Brazilian physician. We live in a 55 plus community in Florida. She comes to the United States. We move into a community. She goes to the pool and says, what is wrong with American knees? Every single person has scars on their knees. She goes, I practiced in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro for 37 years and only once did I see a replacement. And my answer is Medicare pays for it, no questions asked. So we're in agreement. Right. Yeah, right. And I will say the obese, we, we have, uh, you know, we have a more obese nation in the United States than Brazil does. So obviously, <laughs> John, my wife is almost 70 and looks good in a Brazilian bikini. And I'm so yeah, proud of I'm, her. I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, Americans are typically fat. Yes. And that really is a bad problem when it comes to knees. I see people get knee replacements all the time. And it's like, you know what? She would have lost. 60, 70, 80 pounds, you probably wouldn't need a knee replacement. And the orthopedic surgeon knows that, but it generates income for them. And they think that the patient just won't change their ways. Now, I, as a healthcare provider, I think it is my duty to educate and empower individuals to take care of their own health so they don't have these catastrophic things come up. So this is very, very important. And I promise you that 95% of insurance agents don't understand this. There's two definitions of pre-existing conditions. The one on the bottom, okay, is the one that almost most insurance companies that exclude pre-existing conditions and every health share uses, which is diagnosed, uh, treated, or signs or symptoms, okay? And that makes it a pre-existing condition. The other one right above that is treated or diagnosed. Sean, do you understand that why those two definitions are like night and day and what's so important about them? Well, I mean, I guess you're going to elaborate on it. I mean, I can see the see it by definition, but you know, tell me what it really means. It means the burden of proof is shifted. Okay? When it's treated or diagnosed for an insurance company to get off the claim, they have to prove that a healthcare provider has told you or treated you for something specifically. In symptoms, you have to prove that you didn't know that rash was there. You didn't feel your gallbladder. You didn't notice that lump. So the, so the burden of proof 
changes just on the pre-existing condition. And almost nobody realizes that. And then come claim time, whether it's health share or alternative health insurance, then that's how you get the fights with the companies over the pre-existing. But a good plan is going to say treated or diagnosed because then they have the burner proof. See how two little words can change everything? Oh, for sure. Is this a law? No, it's a contract. That's in the contract. You want to do your okay, health share okay. or a, a, yeah. a short-term major medical. This is very interesting. Health insurance, like almost everything else, is political. Okay? No. This is where we allow <laughs> alternatives to BUCA, what's called short-term plans. And as you can see in the red states, which here they're colored blue, okay, that's your... We want alternatives. We do not force mandates, things like that. Where in the uh, red, in the blue states, okay, the Democrat states, California, Washington, Oregon, New York, etc., they ban or severely limit these insurance alternatives that people can take advantage of. And that is what the health shares were able to do: is come in uh, when the alternatives were blocked out. And and by the way, when I talk about the health share, the, where we differ is if there's money available from the government, I want to use it. Because even if we don't use it, then it's going to, it's already allocated. They're going to put it in their pocket. And then find additional ways to fill in the gaps. Uh, I think it's ridiculous if somebody can have a $500 policy that they gain for free from the exchange to pay for a health share. Okay, why not just get the gap covered or get a DPC with that money? So that's just the, the difference in thinking. But in the blue states that ban a lot of these alternatives, we don't have an option. Health shares, I'm not anti-health share. I represent health, health shares. I don't know if you know that. I represent health shares, but I do it in a reverse order. So if we're in a plan like that, that bans um, the short-term major meds, then I go with the health share. So, but I wanted people to realize that insurance is as political as everything else in this country. Yeah. Now, one thing I do want to uh, comment on, Alan, is that you mentioned that if there's government money, you want to use it. and It's already and allocated. I know. But here's the problem I have with that is like, for instance, um, I'm a healthcare provider. Uh, my wife and I own a pharmacy. And we have not billed any insurance since 2002. That includes government programs. Why? Because we know that any time that you get in bed with the government and take their money, there are strings attached. And Correct. I in no way want to be controlled by the federal government. I'm already controlled enough by them with the IRS and the DA and the FDA. I in no way want to be controlled with them by Medicare, CMS, Medicaid. So I got out of that and I choose to not accept any government funds whatsoever so they can't control me and i applaud you for that thank you so alan as we wrap up this show um in two sentences how do you want to um wrap up this show and let people know how important this health insurance you're selling is i think the best way of explaining it is you're a compounding pharmacist right yep and how would you explain the difference between a compounding pharmacy and a regular pharmacy? 
Well, in short, I'm going to say that, you know, my wife and I, both pharmacists, we we mix medications to um, solve custom problems that drug companies cannot, mostly hormone replacement. We are not just dispensers. We're not just pill counters and collectors of copays. Right there. Okay. I am a, a compounding insurance guy as opposed to the regular insurance thing. I use all these tools out there to customize a plan that fits perfectly for that situation. And that's really the difference, Sean. If somebody's a DPC uh, client, and I sell them on DPC, I did marketing for DPC, and I, and I created the first uh, maternity DPC in the world 20 years ago. So I'm the, I'm the difference. That's, you know, if you can't, the average agent is kind of bad. And that will be our next call. But I think the difference is that someone of my level can really do a great job for the client solving their individualized problem with customizations of all the plans out there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And I appreciate you being a resource. I appreciate you being on today. And we'll go back and debate online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Write this down. You can come back. This podcast will also be up on YouTube here later. So you can go back and watch it either on my personal Facebook page or the Mosley Professional Pharmacy Facebook page. Um, write that down. Um, thanks, Alan, for being on. Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thanks for tuning in.